You're listening to CAC Radio, Eastern Kentucky's best internet radio station. Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountain Top Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily ICAST, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. 
You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to a Thursday. That's right, it's Thursday. It is the 14th day of September, and, uh, well, I'm four days late of uh, writing my wife poetry. I write her poetry on our anniversary, and this time, our anniversary hit on a Sunday, and we were so busy that uh, I didn't get to write her poetry. So I'm going to have to sit down either today or tomorrow or Saturday, and I'm going to have to just write her annual anniversary poetry. Yeah, you didn't know I was a poet, did you? Well, I'm like most people. Uh, I'm a poet and don't know it. So uh, that's all debatable, you know. Poetry is in the interpretation of the uh, reader, and uh, just like art is in the interpretation of <laughs> the viewer. So you may like my poetry, you may not. But uh, welcome to the broadcast today on this sunny day here in East Kentucky. Looks like we're going to have a nice day as it is starting out, and going to be a high somewhere in the neighborhood of about 74 degrees. And it's going to be patchy, low clouds and fog early, otherwise sunny. And then tomorrow, 77, nice with plenty of sunshine. And then on Saturday, mostly sunny and pleasant. So there you can see what's coming up in our little corner of the world. And, of course, if you look at our current radar conditions, you can see that right here in our little portion of the world, there is nothing but sunshine going on. That's right, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. And uh, that's the that's the state song. You know, we have state flowers, state trees, state bird, uh, state song. And, uh, well, we had to learn all that in seventh grade. Yeah, we studied Kentucky history in seventh grade under Chester Dameron. And... Uh, I really enjoyed it, learned about the 120 counties and Pike County being the largest county in Kentucky, and uh, that's where we're located at. But just because we're the largest don't mean we're the most prosperous. But at one time, back in the 70s, we had more millionaires per capita in Pike County than any other county in Kentucky. So just a little bit of Kentucky facts for you there, and uh, I know that you was real interested in those. But um, as you can see, weather's great here in East Kentucky. Hope it's great where you're at. If it's not, just stay in and, uh, you know, continue to watch our broadcast and go back and watch some archives. We're studying in the book of Revelation. That'll be coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, between now and the bottom of the hour, we got our Bible reading. We got our... Um, trivia question of the day. Hopefully we can squeeze in 60 seconds with the pastor. If you got a minute, well, you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. 
And we have the Commonwealth Minute coming up, so keep all that in mind. Let's just jump right into our announcements. Of course, we want to remember coming up this Sunday, that's right, this Sunday, no Sunday school at CAC, just 11 a.m. service. So keep that in mind, and uh, we don't want you to show up an hour early and have to sit there or go back home thinking we're not having church. Brother Cornelius Harper's going to be with us at 11 a.m., so we're looking forward to that. And also, Sunday at 2 p.m., we're going to be celebrating the 11th anniversary service of Pikeville Apostolic Church, and that's going to be at 2 p.m. with Brother Cornelius Harper and a cookout following. And then on October the 21st, 7 p.m., October 22nd at 11 a.m., Brother George Scott's going to be with us. And then Harvest Time Crusade, Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Moffin. So we're glad that that is going on. And then we, right here at CAC Daily ICAST, will be celebrating our 10th anniversary. That's right. Uh, Yeah, 10th anniversary, and that will be the 5th of December. So, yeah, started back in 2013, so we'll be celebrating 10 years coming up December the 5th. Well, let's jump right into our prayer requests. And, of course, uh, we have some prayer requests that for some reason or another... It did not uh, show up on our list, so I'm going to have to uh, see if I can. Uh, it showed up now, so let's see if I can get this prayer list updated. Sometimes technology just jumps just as soon as you change it, and then sometimes it doesn't. So let's see if I can update that list that you're looking at because we do want to get everybody's name on there that should be on there. And so um, we want to remember, and I will mention the last 10 on the list. Let's remember Marvin Bentley, Tito Ratliff, Barbara Dove, Sue Bain family, Rebecca James, Paxton Bentley and Whitley, Rosa Urabi, Van, Danny Ratliff, Pam Bartley, Gina, Liam Day, and an unspoken request for... The initials are CF, had some heart surgery, came through it good, so we want to continue to pray for that request. If you have a prayer request, you can put it in the chat room, put it in the comment section. You can also uh, call in, and that is, the number is 606-282-4108, or you can email those to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open up today's broadcast. Lord, we come before your presence and thank you for this opportunity, this beautiful day that you have made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I pray that you would bless us, Lord, that we would take what you have allowed us to utilize like the platform of the internet, that we can reach the world with your word. I pray that we will use it wisely And Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we try to reach people with your word and fellowship with your people from all across the U.S. and around the world, that we will uh, edify one another 
And Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for all of those on the prayer list. You know their needs, their situations, their circumstances. And Lord, we place them in your hands because we know you're the only one that can work out what is needed in their life. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for all of our viewers today, that they will be blessed in their homes, that they will feel your power, your presence, and an anointing flowing that will break every yoke of sickness, discouragement, whatever they may be going through. And Lord, we want to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, let's just jump right into our Bible reading. We are in the book of 2 Samuel. Chapter 15. 2 Samuel, chapter 15. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after forty years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode in Geshur in Syria saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men out of Jerusalem that were called. And they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him and tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him. And all the Kerathites and all the Pelathites and all the Gittites, six hundred men which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then said the king to Ittai the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? 
Return to thy place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. Whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return thou, and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And Itai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. And David said to Itai, Go, and pass over. And Itai the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Zadok also and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God. And Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimeaz thy son, and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness, until there come word from you to certify me. Zadok therefore and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet, and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and he went barefoot. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up, weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priests? Therefore it shall be, that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, they have there with them their two sons. Ahimeaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them ye shall send unto me everything that ye can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem.
It is currently outside my window pane somewhere around 59 degrees. That's right. 59 degrees. But it's going to warm up. Yeah, we might as well get ready to fall the years here. The leaves are already changing colors here in East Kentucky. So, yeah, fall the years here. It's fall, y'all. And uh, even though it's not officially fall, y'all, it is fall here in East Kentucky. And, uh, well, have you got a minute? Well, of course you do. Well, you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Pastor Richard D. McKinney, and welcome to 60 Seconds with the Pastor. Psalms 27 and 7 says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Everyone likes to be heard. Our day is filled with platforms to be heard upon. And everyone likes answers. Answers to questions you may have. Answers to things natural. Answers to things natural as well as spiritual. The psalmist wanted mercy and a response from God. The key to getting these is found when he said, he cried with his voice. Lift your voice unto the Lord and get a response. Here you go. It's 60 seconds with the pastor. If you've got a minute, you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. And yeah, everybody wants a response. So if you need a response from the Lord, keep calling on his name. The old singers used to sing, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. Call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. Call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. Tell him what you want right now. If you need a healing, tell him what you want. That song can go on forever. That's right. But, uh, oh, we'd sing that song when I first started serving the Lord, and we'd clap our hands and we'd shout. Have you ever noticed that people have become a little more reserved in their shout today? Is it just me? Or does anybody else see that also? time is it? I'll tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC trivia question of the day. CAC trivia question of the day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps radio and television broadcasts. The radio broadcasts are heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY FM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West 
West Coast or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question. What was the stone... Pavement. What was the stone pavement? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily, click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go, and we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. And speaking of results, There's a little bit of delay of uh, results. But speaking of results, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. And let's see what that was. Well, yesterday's trivia question was, how many Marys stood near the cross when Jesus was crucified? And out of those that uh, participated, it looks like 100% of you got it right. That's right. So we'll give you a hand. You know how many Marys there were at the cross? Three. Three Marys. Oh, I don't know if that's got some type of uh, significance to uh, some religions that are out there that that like to say they're three Hail Marys. I don't know. And, uh, but anyway, you can find that in John chapter 19 and verse number 25, three Marys, three Marys at the cross. I wonder if anybody's ever wrote a song about that. Three Marys at the cross. Afraid to leave for fear of loss. I don't know. Maybe they should write one. Um, I'm pretty sure somebody probably has at some point. Somebody might do a little research on that and post it and let me know. Three Marys at the cross. <laughs> if not, and somebody writes it, you can say, hey, you go, you owe some royalties to Brother McKinney because he uh, was the first one to come up with it. Well, uh, let's see what else we got going on. Of course, uh you know, uh, we do want to squeeze this in if we can. And uh, this is the Commonwealth Minute. And uh, we have a a uh, department or an organization in Kentucky. And uh, it's called Commonwealth Policy Center. And it's a conservative uh, view of uh, policies and things that are... Um, you know, uh, dealing with the Commonwealth of Kentucky as well as things that are worldwide or, or U.S.-wide that will eventually affect Kentucky. And so today in the Commonwealth Minute, it seems like this one is Bashir's ad. This is a run for governor. Criticizes Cameron for being consistently pro-life. Let's see what this Commonwealth Minute is. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. 
Governor Andy Beshear's recent campaign ad attacked Daniel Cameron for his consistent pro-life views. The ad argues that Cameron's opposition to abortions in the cases of rape and incest is extreme and dangerous. Now, rape and incest are illegal, and perpetrators should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But criticizing a full-orb pro-life position based on horrible situations is cynical. Bashir is not building a culture of life, but instead building fear into a political campaign to discredit the pro-life position. Now, Kentucky is a pro-life state that protects and cares for the most vulnerable among us. And the outcome of this election may be a referendum on whether that remains the case. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC4Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. And that is the Commonwealth Minute, and uh, that's by Richard Nelson. And uh, Kentucky is a pro-life state, and I'm glad I live in a state that is pro-life. Not all of our politicians are pro-life, but the state is. Well, let's uh, see if we can't take our little break. And the reason we take a break, we got to clear up the lag because we're studying in the book of Revelation. And we got to jump right in there. So don't touch at any key and uh, don't go away because we'll be right back. Welcome to a little bit of church every day. Home Bible study, 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. 
Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast, just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to study the word of the Lord with us, and we hope that you will get your uh, pad, pencil, Bible, concordance, uh, Google it if you have to. But uh, study along with us as we study the word of the Lord today. We're in Revelation chapter 2, and so we want to pick up in verse number 1. And uh, we're going to kind of read these these verses, and then we're going to go back and kind of dissect each verse. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto you or unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And I want to stop right there as we uh, go to the Lord in prayer today. And we are studying. This is going to be uh, our lesson number 1080 of our study through the Word as we're working our way through the Scripture. And this is uh, going to be focused in Revelation chapter 2. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here today to study your word and to take what we read off the pages of the book, put it into our hearts, our minds, that we may meditate upon your word, understand your word, and be able to rightly divide the word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us that we will rightly divide the word of truth, expound it fully as we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, In the book of Ephesus. Uh, Of course, uh, we see that these seven churches, um, uh, Ephesus, as we said yesterday, is located at the mouth of the uh, Caster River. Ephesus was a busy trading post. It was a busy uh, port until its harbor began to fill up. And even though Ephesus was the seat of the worship of Diana, the fertility goddess, Uh, and the home of her temple in the first century, it was a dying city leaning more and more on its trade of religious souvenirs and tourism. So the temple of Diana was one of the seven wonders of the world. 
But when we look at the message to the church of Ephesus, we begin to see that, uh, first of all, John is told to write. And, of course, if we have any question of who is telling John to write, um, it's the one holding the seven stars. And look where they're being held in his right hand. Remember yesterday we talked about right hand denoting power. It's not a geographical location. It's not a precise location, but it's, it's uh, you know, in his hand, the power, the power. And the church has got to still walk in power. We still have to have power. And, you know, if we're going to overcome this evil world, you're going to have to have the power. So you need to be in the right hand of the power of God. And that's where the ministers are. That's where the church is. And that's where we pick up today and see that in his right hand, he walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So he's in the midst of the church. Jesus is in the midst of the church. He's not only the power of the church, he's in the midst of the church. And that's why I've never understood why people try to figure some other way of explaining what church is. All, all church is is people who have Jesus in the midst and are, are held in the power of his right hand. People who follow his commandments, do his word, repent and baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, all these things. This is what Revelation is revealing. Remember, Revelation is not about altogether just future events. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's why we uh, study it and look at it. It 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 combines with all the books of the Bible to let us know that Jesus is our Savior, our only Savior, our healer, our only healer. He's everything we need. He is Almighty God. So looking at this, uh, we know who now is giving John the instruction to write. So to Ephesus, uh, the the um, Lord begins to tell, uh, you know, John, this is what you need to write to Ephesus and tell them what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, what's going on. And he says, I know thy works, which lets me know Ephesus was doing something. They were doing something. But let's see what it says. I know thy works and thy labors and thy patience. So uh, they were workers, they were laborers, they were patient, and also they could not bear them which were evil. Sounds like a pretty good church, right? Sounds like a pretty good church that says, okay, you know, I'm working, I'm laboring for the Lord, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got some patience, and uh, I'm, I'm don't, I can't bear them, I can't stand them. Uh, that, uh, you know, uh, do evil. But look at, as we read further, you've even tried them which say they are apostles and are not. Sounds like still a pretty good church. You see, church, 
we're not just people gathering to make everybody feel happy. Sometimes you have to stand against evil. Sometimes you have to stand against evil people. Sometimes you have to stand against people that try to change what the church is or what the Word of God is um, saying. You have to stand against that. So it's not all about singing Kumbaya, my Lord. Not all about shall we gather at the river. But it's all about standing for the word of the Lord and promoting Jesus. So they have tried them which say they are apostles. Because I'm going to tell you, just as in Ephesus' Ephesus day, as in our day, there are people who says, oh, I'm a preacher too. Oh, I'm a minister too. And they're changing the word of the Lord. They don't stand for the word. They don't live the word. They don't uphold the word. They just are on a circuit to swindle people out of money in the name of religion. But look at this. When we see that they they were trying these people who come and say they're apostles and are not, we can't just accept somebody just because they say they're a minister, a preacher, or a saint of God. You can't just readily open up your arms and say, oh, well, praise the God, brother. Praise the Lord, brother. Glad you're here. You have to try them and see if they're of God or not. Remember, we got to try the spirits and see if it's of God or not. We also have to try people that say they're apostles, say they're ministers, say they're preachers, say they're saints of God. And if they're not, and what does it mean to try them? Well, when you look at the word tried, and I'll try to uh, bring it up in the, in the scripture here in the Greek so that you can get a full uh, understanding. And uh, if you look at this word try, and I'm going to uh, give you the the full, uh, I guess, the full uh, rendering of what um, uh, the um, Greek definition is. Of course, it's through the Strong's Greek, uh, Greek concordance. And uh, so um, I want to uh, bring that up. So let's see here if I can uh, get us started right here. Sorry for the delay, but I was trying to uh, trying to uh, get this up, and I'm hoping it will come up because I think it's important to to uh, get the full understanding of what tried is. Uh, it means that uh, you have examined, I like that word, examined those who say they're apostles and are not. You're checking in on them. You're, you're examining the way they talk, the way they walk, uh, people that know them. You know, I used to be so trusting. I guard our pulpit with the utmost guarding. I don't just let anybody come and preach. I've had people for years that contact me all the time. I want to come preach for you. They're not coming. Why? Because I've examined them, and I'm just not comfortable with them coming. 
I've had people that have tried for years and finally I let them come and they tell me, they say, you know, I've tried for years to come, but your pastor guards the pulpit very strictly. And I do. And here's why I used to be very trusting of other ministers that I know and are friends with when they would say, Hey, uh, this minister's coming through and he's a great guy. Uh, you need to have him come preach for you. And, uh, well, I, I would be very trusting because I trusted the minister that was re referring that person to me. Well, we got into some terrible, terrible messes. And uh, we had people that uh, were just out for money. We had people that uh, were not living right. We had people that were, leaving, were living immoral lifestyles. And so now... I, you you may recommend somebody to me, but I'm going to examine them fully. That's what this word tried means. Just examine who says they're apostles and are not, who says they're pastors and are not, who says they're ministers. I hope, I hope that uh, uh, the first part of Ephesus is said about us. I don't want the last part. But I hope the first part is that the Lord looks at us and says, you know what, uh, the church in Phelps, you examined people and, and you found some to not be what they said they were. You found them to be liars. Look at that. And are not and has found them liars. You know, liars should never be allowed in the pulpit. They should never be allowed in a leadership role. That's right. Liars should never be allowed in, in that uh, leadership role or influential role, if you will. But look at what else he said. He said, and has borne and has patience for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Up to this point, it sounds like this is one of the most vibrant, revival, uh, inspiring churches that you would ever want to attend. They don't stand for evil. They, they stand against those that say that they're uh, apostles and are not. There's all sorts of things. They got some patience. They got uh, labor for his name's sake. They, they've not fainted. They've not thrown in the towel. They've not passed out on God. Because, um, you know, that word uh, fainted in the Greek, uh, it, it is a word that I think is worthy to look at. Uh, it is a, uh, a word that means to toll, uh, and to tire. So, uh, if you, if you faint, uh, then you are sickened and you're wearied and you just give up. And, and he's saying, you know what, Ephesus, you, you've been through some stuff, but you haven't given up. God can work with churches that don't give up. God can work with people that don't give up. You may not do everything right. You may not have it all together. You may have some things, as we're going to see, that Ephesus had. But the Lord just didn't cast Ephesus off. And we've got to learn to quit casting people off and, and, and just letting people, you know, uh, oh, well, you don't do right. Well, are they still coming to church? Well, yeah. Well, then there's still hope. Say, well, they ain't living right. Well, they still coming to church. 
I remember when I first started pastoring, I had some of the hardest uh, times convincing people. You can't just look at people that's not living right and tell them, oh, well, you're just wasting your time. Just leave now and don't come back. No, you, you, if they're coming to church, at least there's a chance they will be saved. They will straighten up. They will live right. So don't ever discourage anyone from coming. If you're discouraging someone from coming to church, you need to go to that person and apologize and say, I'm sorry the way I've been treating you. Come to church. We need you at church. No, you're not going to put them up preaching and, and singing in the choir and all this. You're going to try to help them live right. And that's what we need in our world today. So look what it said. You haven't fainted. But then verse 4 gives us a nevertheless. When, when you've got something that you're saying, then you say, but, or you say, nevertheless, or, well, I've got something else to say. Usually what follows that is not good, right? <laughs> what follows that is not good. So let's see what Ephesus was doing that Jesus said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. What is our first love? Of course, some people's going to say our first love is Jesus. Our first love is, uh, you know, uh, the doing the work of the Lord. Our first love uh, may be, uh, you know, salvation. Uh, you can throw all those things, but I like to think the first love is, is Jesus. Because, uh, you know, uh, our first love above any other love should be the love for the Lord. Isn't that what the Lord commanded us? Remember, his commandments that we say are the Ten Commandments, but there's way many more, are still in effect today. We are to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? Absolutely. So we are to love the Lord. So if you leave your first love, which is the Lord, you are to love. It's, it's like joy. Remember the, uh, the little... Uh, I don't know if you call them acronyms or what you call them, uh, but J-O-Y. This is how you have joy. Love, put Jesus first, others second, yourself last, and you'll have joy. But nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Now, I think that's a pretty uh, stout statement. Um, and... Uh, the New Living Translation gives us a little better understanding in our in our language. Uh, it says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at the first. You're not doing what you did at the first. Remember when you was first went to the altar, was first saved, if you will? Oh, you wanted to do everything. Oh, preacher, anything I can do, you let me know. Anything you want me to do, let me know. Just tell me what I can do. And sometimes people jump in there and do things. I even had one person tell me, 
I'll count the gravel in the parking lot if you want to. I said, well, I don't need the gravel counted, but I'll keep all that enthusiasm in mind when I need you to work around the church with me. But you see, sometimes people get all enthusiastic when they first repent, and their first love, their first works, and then all of a sudden, as time goes on, they're like Ephesus. They leave their first love. We see it happen all the time. We see it. I know you see it. People that that uh, start out and they're running 100 miles an hour. Oh, they can't witness enough. They can't talk about the Lord enough. They can't do enough around the church. You, uh, I've had people that I couldn't turn around without stumbling over them because they was wanting to do something, wanted to do more, wanted to to work uh, and do whatever. But you know what? Somewhere down the line, they left their first love. It didn't become important anymore. Church is not important. Jesus is not important. It's all about now their life and their family and their this and their that. And it all becomes self-centered. Well, Ephesus had a problem because they left their first love. Now look at what, um, and, and again, I want to read the New Living Translation. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did it to first. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art, and look at that word fallen. That lets me know that when you leave your first love, you're falling away. You're falling away. So, um, you know, I, I look at this verse as people who used to love Jesus, used to love God's people, used to love going to church, used to love working in the church, and now they've kind of fallen away from that. Now, remember, they haven't thrown in the towel against the Lord because they still have patience. They're still standing against evil. They're still doing things in his name and all these things. So they haven't taken the towel and thrown it in, said that's it. But they left their first love. And then verse 5 says you got to remember where you've fallen from. Um, remember where you were and now where you are. I think this is important. I know we're studying Revelation, but this is very revealing to the church. Examine your own life. Are you still where you were when you first repented? Are you still as enthusiastic? Are you still as involved in church? Are you still wanting to do more, reach more people, try to get more people to come to church? Or have you left your first love? Ephesus had a lot of things right. And church, we may have a lot of things right, but we cannot leave our first love. We got to remember from whence thou art fallen. We got to remember, oh, I used to sing in the choir. Oh, I used to work at the church. Oh, I used to help in any way I could. Oh, I used to pray every day. I used to, uh, you know, talk to the Lord. Have you fallen? Have you fallen from where you once were? If you're not where you were, where are you? Somewhere down the line, 
fallen? Because remember, he said, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. What did he say to do? Repent. The church was never meant to be a place that once you repented 25 years ago, 30 years ago, last week, that you never have to repent again because we all may find ourselves fallen from where we were, not doing what we once did, taking backward steps, bowing out. I tell people this all the time. I see your time is up, but I just want to uh, tell you, I've seen people that bow out, and when people start sitting down, I, Pastor, I think I'm going to just sit down for a while. No, you're getting ready to backslide. Oh, Pastor, well, I just, I just don't want, I just don't want to do that anymore. I, I feel that somebody else needs to do it. No, you're getting ready to backslide. You're getting ready to leave your first love because you can't be at one level with your first love and then fall. That's how marriages get ended. You know, your your first love, you know, and and then all of a sudden you start looking at other people or quit communicating, quit talking. Next thing you know, you've left your first love. So remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. you got to go to the altar. If you're not where you were, you need to repent today. Oh, well, Pastor, I'm older. I, I just I, I just think these younger people should do stuff. No, you're to be the example to the younger. You're to be the example in attendance, in participation, in work, in prayer, in living, in patience, in all these things. The elders are to be examples to the younger. And if they see us setting back, Oh, well, you know, Pastor, I don't like to stand. I think that's a man-made thing. I don't like to stand when y'all sing. Well, you're not standing for man. You're standing unto the Lord as honor unto him. But look at this. Repent. Repent. If you're not where you were when you first repented, repent. And what? Do the first works. Do it again. Do what has to be redone over again. Now, I'm of this mind when it comes to baptism. I don't think you have to be baptized every time you mess up. I don't think you have to be baptized, rebaptized every time you come short. We all make mistakes. We all come short. If that be the case, we'd all live in the river because we'd have to be baptized every day, probably several times a day. But I do believe you need to be rebaptized if you have quit serving the Lord, if you've walked away from him completely. And that's, that's where a lot of people get messed up. They think, well, you know, I did this. You know, I, I I let a word slip out of my mouth and it was a bad word, so I need to be rebaptized. No, you need to repent. Notice what it says. Remember from whence thou art fallen and repent. So you don't get rebaptized every time you make a mistake as long as you're still serving the Lord. 
Ephesus had not quit serving the Lord, but they needed to repent. So repentance is how we get restored for our mistakes, our shortcomings, our sins. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll look and say, well, you know, I got to get rebaptized because this happened in my life. Repent. Just repent. But here's the way I feel. If you have walked away from the Lord and you was out there in the world and you, you lived and you didn't pray, you didn't seek the Lord, and then all of a sudden the Lord starts convicting you and you start thinking about, I need to, I need to give my life to Jesus, I think you need to do your first works again, which I think you need to repent and you need to get baptized and you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if you walked away from God completely, and that's that's the word, completely, wholly, you know, um, not intending to ever serve the Lord, go to church, pray, whatever, then you need to do your first works over. That's why when somebody comes to me and says, you know, I was out in sin, I've been backslid, I need to be rebaptized. I will rebaptize them. Paul gave some information about people, and I know our time's up, but uh, I want to just reference they they was baptizing for every little thing, every mistake, and he said, "Hey, we got to get beyond uh, the doctrine of baptism. We we got to move on. There's more to do than just stand at the river and baptize each other." <laughs> I hope this is clear to you because. Ephesus was a good church up until they left their first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Take the church out. Shut the church down. Take away that beacon of hope in a community. Think about that. If a church loses its focus and a church loses what it's called to do, it becomes useless. If the salt has lost its savor or saltiness, it's good for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of men. So, except you repent, you're going to be removed. I want to I want to stop right there because I don't want to go over on these uh, studies in Revelation. There's just so much information that I want us to uh, grab onto. But I ask you a question: Are you where you once were with the Lord? If you're not, today's the day you can repent. Today's the day that you can get things right. Because if you don't, he's going to do the same with Ephesus. You may have a lot of good works. You may have labored. You may have patience. You may have done a lot of things in his name. But that still don't allow you to just fall from where you once were. Oh, God, help us. Let's pray. As we close today, I want us to just ask the Lord to help us to be restored to where we once were. And I believe the Lord can do that. How many believes the Lord can do that? Let's pray. 
Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the study of the church of Ephesus. Lord, we know that they had a lot of good things that they did for you and your name. But they left the first love. You commanded them to do their first works, repent and do their first works. Lord, I pray that you would help us that all of us would examine ourselves and see if we are where we were when we first repented, gave our life to you. If not, Lord, I pray that we will not just lean upon the good things we've done or the things we participated in, but we will repent and do our first works so that we can get restored, knowing where we're falling from, back to where we need to be. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask and pray. Amen. concludes our study today on Ephesus, and uh, we'll pick up tomorrow where we left off. And of course, uh, we're we're trying to uh, study our way, uh, you know, um, that uh, we will try to get all of the churches in and uh, try to get as much as we can uh, going. So we'll pick up on verse 6. Um, tomorrow and uh, hopefully we can uh, kind of close out what the Lord was saying to Ephesus and pick up on the next uh, church, uh, Smyrna. And um, so with that said, thank you for joining us today and um, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be a part of the broadcast. I hope and pray that you've been blessed. I hope it's inspired you to study the Word of God, to take what was uh, taught today and dig deeper because we got to dig a little deeper in the well, child. We got to li- dig a little deeper in the well. So uh, with that said, we do have our trivia question up and running, and we want to uh, remind everyone, what was the stone pavement. What was the stone pavement? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. Everybody have a great day because we are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.